welcome to the Scriptures Are Real podcast. This is the podcast where we talk about elements of the scriptures that have become very real to us or that make them more real for us so that we can draw more power from them in our lives because we need that power. I'm your host, Kerry Mulstein, and this is a short cast where we're just going to look at one psalm and explore it just a little bit together. And uh, one that uh, is particularly meaningful to me, although there are a lot of them that are meaningful to me. As you read them, I think you'll fall in love with them as well. We're going to look at Psalm 46. And there are many people who feel that this is a psalm that was written by Hezekiah after Jerusalem was almost destroyed and then was miraculously spared. And it certainly fits that. We don't really have any evidence for that, but it fits that scenario very well. And that's why many people think that. In the end, we really don't know. Uh, note the the uh, superscription here to the chief musician for the sons of Korah. We don't really know what the sons of Korah means there, but the interesting part here is a song upon Alamoth. Um, this is probably the plural of Alma, uh, which is the young young woman or maiden, and so this is uh, probably saying this is a song for young women to sing. Uh, this is that's the voices that were intended to sing this. So we could have, you know, our our young women in our church sing this psalm. And that probably is equivalent to what they're looking for. Uh, in any case, we, we don't know that for sure, but that seems to be what's going on here. And it's also worth noting that the first lines of this poem or this this psalm uh, are what inspired Martin Luther to write the hymn, A Mighty Fortress is Our God, which is a fantastic hymn. And, and you get that feeling in here. So let's just go through it and, and read it a little bit. We've got verse one, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. I, just that line is a line to carry with us all the time. He, he is present when we are in trouble. He's our refuge and our strength. God is what we need. Whatever your problems are, whatever turmoil is, is stirring in your life, God is the answer. God and his son, Jesus Christ, are the answer. And that's where we'll find refuge and strength. Uh, and terrible things will happen, and sometimes they're not fixed immediately, but we can find peace and the ability to get through because of the uh, connection we have with God and know that he will be there for us. And in fact, that's what we see in the next verse. Therefore, will we not fear, right? Because we trust in God, because he's our refuge and our strength, and we know he will be with us in times of trouble, then we don't need to fear. Though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea. So these are frightening images, right? Uh, the, the land starts to shake and, and slides and whatever, and the mountains slide into the sea. Uh, and though the waters thereof of the sea roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with a swelling thereof. Selah. So that seems to be the end of kind of like a verse. But uh, what, what he's saying is, however terrible, even if the whole world, literally, the earth is in turmoil and the, the mountains and the waves and everything else, we don't need to fear because God is our refuge and our strength. That is so true. Now, after that, Selah, we get kind of a little bit of a change here, and we're going to see what he, uh, the psalmist, perhaps Hezekiah, tells us in the next few verses. There is a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. Now, this is, again, probably about Jerusalem. Uh, that's where the tabernacle of the Most High is, and it's the city of God. That, that's at least how the psalmist would have viewed this. And one of the reasons that Jerusalem is stable and one of the reasons that it can be a defense is because it has a spring, the Gihon Spring, 
And that uh, Gihon Spring provides a constant source of water. It's not really a river so much as a, a stream that they uh, make to take the water to the places they want it to be, but it, it is a river and it does make the city of God or Jerusalem glad. It makes it so that they can live and so that they can get by. And it gives them the water they need for the rituals of the tabernacle. It gives them the waters that they need for life. And there's a lot of great symbolism here that that spring and it's gently flowing waters are used a number of times as symbols of the peaceful and reliable waters of life that we get from God, as opposed to the raging rivers that uh, give life and then death as they flood and, and so on in, say, Assyria and elsewhere. This is a, a great motif for Christ, and as the uh, there's a literal symbol here, right? But but as the true waters of life that are peaceful and flow gently and uh, give us constant and consistent life, uh, and in fact Isaiah will use this in to say exactly that. So now we get to verse five. God is in the midst of her. That's Jerusalem, but in a way, Jerusalem, uh, uh, the city of God, is standing as a symbol for all of God's people, God's covenant people, wherever they are and wherever they are gathered together, God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her, and that right early. Uh, so that's that's an interesting uh, kind of translation or phrase to know uh, that right early. Let me read you another translation. This is from netbible.org. God lives within it, meaning the city. It cannot be moved. God rescues it at the break of dawn. And that's probably exactly what Hezekiah had experienced, that uh, they were uh, ready for the Syrian army to lay siege to them and start to attack them. And instead at dawn, they packed up and left to go fight some Egyptians, and then they were slain by God. So that's a metaphor for what God does for us in our lives, and that's worth thinking about. All right, let's look at the next verse. The heathen raged. Again, you can picture Hezekiah with the Assyrians right there, Sennacherib's army and so on. The heathen raged. The kingdoms were moved. All the kingdoms around them had been destroyed at that point. He uttered his voice. The earth melted. But in verse 7, the Lord of hosts is with us. Let's just contemplate that phrase. It's, it's Jehovah of hosts. This means uh, armies. That's what hosts means. It's it's armies uh, and uh, companies within armies. And of course, implied is the, the heavenly hosts, right? And by that, I don't mean the stars and the sun and the moon. I mean the angels of heaven. So in fact, again, I'll read um, from uh, Net Bible. They consistently translate this this way, and I think it's wonderful. The Lord of heaven's armies is on our side. That's how they, they translate Lord of hosts or... Uh, Jehovah Sabaoth is the, the Hebrew, um, the, the Lord of heaven's armies. I love that. All right. So Lord of hosts is a great way. And that, that resonates with us. We've heard that all our life, but think of it as in of heaven's armies, Jehovah, who has armies, heavenly armies to fight for us. Right. Think of Elisha and uh, Gehazi and Elisha says, they that be with us are more than they that be with them. And Gehazi's eyes are uncovered and he sees the chariots. Uh, encompassing them. Uh, that's the Lord of hosts, right? So just like Elijah, we can say the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. And if you're talking about the God of Jacob, you're invoking covenant 
ideas, right? This is the God of the covenant, and he is our refuge. Because we have a covenant relationship with him, he is our refuge. And who's our refuge? The God of the entire universe who commands the armies of heaven. That's comforting, isn't it? Verse 8, come, behold the works of the Lord, what desolations he hath made in the earth. So he has brought about desolation to defend his people. Sometimes he brings it to his people to humble them, and sometimes he does it to defend his people. Uh, so verse 9, he maketh wars to cease. So he can bring desolation and wars, but he also is the one that can make wars cease unto the end of the earth. And of course, we know millennially that will be very, very true, but there are other times where he makes it true. Uh, and whenever someone is attacking his people, he'll make that word to cease. He breaketh the bow and cutteth the spear in sunder. He burneth the chariot in the fire. Again, this is probably some kind of imagery uh, drawing on what had just happened for them when this mighty Assyrian army was destroyed by God in some miraculous way that we don't know exactly what happened. But uh, it's it's wonderful stuff. And that's again, should be a symbol for what he does for us in our lives. Now we get to verse 10, probably the most famous verse from this psalm, and one that really speaks to me. Be still and know that I am God. That's great advice. And in fact, this is, again, a reason to think that this may be Hezekiah, because that's basically the advice that Isaiah had given to Hezekiah. And we'll talk more about this when we get to the appropriate place in Isaiah. And by the way, I'm so excited. Uh, we're just a few weeks away from studying Isaiah, and I'm trying to gear up all sorts of stuff, uh, website-wise, video-wise, uh, and of course, my commentary. And I've been doing lectures all over the place and guests on other podcasts. And so I'm trying to have lots of opportunities for you to learn. I'm speaking at Education Week, doing uh, four lectures on Isaiah at Education Week, uh, this same week that this podcast comes out, uh, trying to do everything to help us uh, understand uh, more from Isaiah. But this is what Isaiah tells Hezekiah. Hezekiah is getting ready to rebel against the Assyrians. So he seeks an alliance with Egypt, and he starts to make preparations, making bigger walls, uh, making sure the water sources are safe, and uh, fortifying all sorts of things. And Isaiah comes to him and says, don't rely on Egypt. Don't rely on these other things. It doesn't mean don't do those things. And in fact, Egypt will play a key role. It is an Egyptian army that causes the Assyrians to leave, and then God smites them. And so that may be he gives the Egyptians a miraculous victory. We don't know. Uh, but uh, these things will end up being helpful, but only because I, Hezekiah takes Isaiah's advice. Isaiah says, don't trust in those things. Just trust in God. Start repenting. Start getting rid of idolatry. Start taking, a, a, a renewing and being serious about the covenant so you can take advantage of those covenant blessings. So in other words, be still and know that God will fight your battle for you. Let him do the fighting rather than, than trusting in all of these other things. Trust that God will take care of things. That's the same advice Isaiah had given Hezekiah's father Ahaz. And Ahaz had ignored it and turned to the Assyrians for help. And then the Assyrians, of course, oppressed the uh, kingdom of Judah. And if he would have not had that situation, if he had listened and, and had been still and known and trusted that Jehovah is God, be still and know that I am God. It doesn't mean don't do anything. It means trust that God will have things work out and then listen to him about what you should do. I've had this happen in my own life. Uh, times where it seemed like things had gone really, really wrong and I didn't know what to do. And uh, they'd gone wrong despite the fact that I was doing my best to serve the Lord. And uh, 
all that would come to me was, uh, you were doing my work and I'll take care of it. And it did work out. Uh, it doesn't mean there weren't some things that I needed to do. And I did do some things and they worked miraculously well uh, because God took care of it. And then other things happened that were well beyond what I could control. And God was taking care of it. All I had to do was be still and know that he was God. So be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. So everyone is under God's control, not just the covenant people. The Lord of hosts or the Lord of heaven's armies. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. There's that line again that we saw in verse seven that seems to be the end of, of kind of a chorus, as it were. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. And we can be still and know that he is our God and trust in him and know that uh, it doesn't mean things will be easy. It doesn't mean that there aren't things for us to do. It does mean that we can stop fearing, that we can hope and know that eventually all things work out. Uh, in times of trouble, uh, he is a very present help. And of that I testify, and in that I rejoice in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.